I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to week four of the golfing year. And I've got to say thanks to our friends at Ping. They'll help you play your best. You can arrange a Ping Club fitting from your local golf shop or professional. And also the Golf Clearance Outlet. Head in store in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane or Perth or online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. But now, the number one Australian golf podcast, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Today, live from Huntingdale, this is Talk Birdie to Me. You should be, when you're Mm. right-handed with your new handicap, Yes, not Nick O'Hu, you should be Mick O'Hu. Mick O'Hu. Mick (laughs) O'Hu. Actually completes well, it's too late because that already... process. <laughs> I reckon that makes a lot or of I sense. Could be Mico Hearn, you know that's the other one because yeah. I used to get called Nico a lot. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. No, I think Mico who Mico oh. who okay is is just magnificent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at Huntingdale Golf Club, uh, and you're drinking wine. What are you drinking? Well, this is the. When we go to a golf club, you have to have the yes, house right. wine, and it's a lovely Heathcote Shiraz, yeah. and I just had my first sip. and whew. I had it early. I've been here for a while. Yeah, I bet I w- you have. I went out and had a look at the, the redo with Michael Cocking, yeah. and what we are going to do is that we're going to do a podcast after this podcast with Mike. So he said, Beautiful. okay, and Dan, what, we bring that out on Thursday? Yeah, I can put it up on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. yeah that'll okay. be good. Yeah. Okay. Now, given we're at Huntingdale, Mark, and yeah. as I walked in... Yeah, I've been a member here for 30 years. A member whispered to me, just ask Mark, what's this thing about the Huntingdale 7? Because <laughs> I know nothing about it. I heard that. I was wondering what that was too. The Huntingdale 7, it sounds like either a, a rap group or... <laughs> <laughs> no? So I'm ashamed of this. It's not right. the pennant team. No, it's not the pennant team. Um we're in a beautiful new clubhouse okay. here at Huntingdale Golf Club. If you haven't seen it, it's just fantastic. I mean, the views are incredible. Right. Uh, but on the old clubhouse, once upon a time, after a few beers after Saturday morning golf, House Shirazes, yeah. a few beers turned into a thousand beers, <laughs> a hire buggy ended up on the roof. On the roof? Here at Huntingdale. How do you get a hire buggy on the roof? Did you climb up? Well, hang on. Not I, long, I'm not saying who it was. Not long after that high buggy was discovered on the roof the next day, um, the trainee got here early, saw it up there, couldn't get it down. Mm-hmm. Seven of us were summoned to the committee room to explain how a buggy got on the roof. Okay. But amazingly, nobody knew. Right. Not a soul. <laughs> Even though you're nothing to see all, all here at the time, nothing or? to see here. Anyway, <laughs> we, all, we all got six months suspension. Six months. Six months suspension. Wow. Except my brother, he got a year because he was a serial offender. <laughs> and uh, yes, we've been known as the Huntingdale Seven ever since. So, so hang on. They, they knew it was you guys to some degree, but they just didn't quite know how much involvement who right? it was. Listen. Are you speaking on this? At no all? one 
of the hunting. I, w- I would ne- I would have to be looking out of the. I'd have to have eyes in the back of my okay. head for the rest of my life if I spoke of how that buggy ended up on the roof. And I don't know how it did, Nick. Mm. So don't ask me. Okay. I oh. don't know. I've got, I've got no idea. Once hey, you stop recording, Dan, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm excited about what we see out the window. I mean, the, the redo here at Huntingdale Golf Club. Um, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put this to Michael Cocking a little bit later. Once upon a time, when David Inglis and uh, Frank Williams, who who started the Masters, uh, when the Masters was roaring, and when Greg Norman was a superstar, he was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods, and they had to lock the gates here. Uh, I remember one year it was Faldo and Norman, and they played you know, on, on the weekend, and the fairways were ten deep. This golf course, Huntingdale, was in the top 100 golf courses in the world. And that wasn't so much because of Huntingdale. That was because of what was created here. The Australian Masters was so big. And, and, and you know, the Australian Open was kind of the one that we all wanted to win. But I reckon the Australian Masters was the tournament that we all wanted to play in because it was so much fun. Oh, it was the big three. You had the Australian Open, the PGA, the Masters, several years in a row. They had them yeah. back to back to back. And if you could do the three-peat, it was, yeah. you, you go down in folklore, basically. Well, Allenby did. Allenby. And Peter Senior did maybe. Correct. Yeah, I think a Johnny Walker yeah. Classic might have been included. Mm. He won all the big four. Pete Senior. Yeah, I helped uh, Allenby get one of those. So. <laughs> Had the lead going into the final round playing what happened? here at the Masters. Oh, I, I struggled. I think I shot 73 and he shot uh, maybe 69 and ended up beating Bubba Watson in a playoff, yeah, I think, yeah. or a one-shot win. I'm not sure. What made it so good to play for you guys? I'll, I'll tell you why. The crowds. But the way this golf course used to be, you were never more than one hole away from the action once the players got to the eighth. So what would happen here, we're in the clubhouse at the moment. If Greg Norman hit off, you could quite often you'd get here and you'd hear him hit off and, and then they'd all trudge off. You'd come in for lunch and a few beers. Then you'd be watching the TVs in the clubhouse and you saw him hitting off the uh, the seventh. Well, you just walk down nine and you'd watch him hit in to eight. Then he'd walk up nine and he'd watch him play that hole. Then he'd walk over to the 10 and you'd watch him hit off 10. And that's a, what that's... 70 metres away. Then he'd walk over here and have a beer. Then you'd go and watch him over hitting the 12, hit off 13, he'd come back and have a beer. Then 16, just over here, is next to the clubhouse. You'd watch him hit in the 16, hit off 17, and then it's a stroll, 20 metres over here. So you could literally have six beers and almost watched the entire back nine of Greg Norman. And that was the most amazing thing, the, the feel and the people around the clubhouse. Now I know how the Huntingdale 7 <laughs> came about. <laughs> Six beers, just That's watching exactly. a bit of golf. So the, the question was why what made it so good to play. And every answer you gave then revolved around beer. Well, that's what this <laughs> tournament was all about. It was about having fun. It was about seeing some of the best players in the world. Yeah. And the crowds were just enormous. The other thing about the Masters was it was in February. Mm. And I keep on telling people this. You know, Cricket starts in November. We get sick of cricket pretty much after New Year's. Then the tennis starts. And then we get sick of tennis as soon as the Australian Open finishes. And then the tournaments that used to be in February, it was golf's time to shine. Mm. And if you were leading the Masters, for instance, then... You'd get the Nico who 
on the back page of of the eight. It was, it was almost it was guaranteed because mm. it was the biggest show in town because we were sick of all the other sports. Yeah. Plus, you were playing for that coveted gold jacket. Yeah, that was big, Remember wasn't that? it? That our, was... our buddy Craig Spence has one of those. Remember he beat Norman? Yes. At six iron into the last. That yes. was you know one of the iconic shots in Australian golf. You always had Jack Newton and Paddy Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the tradition continues, yeah. Sandy Roberts. Yeah, that's right. And and the crowds, it, it was something unique about this golf course yeah. and the history. You know, you'd walk around the old clubhouse and you yeah. could see it all. I'm sure it's still here in the new clubhouse. But um, it was something very special. And, and all you had to do around that time was just say the Masters and everyone knew what you were talking about. Nicole Spence, Craig's mm. uh, wife, lovely girl, uh, she told me once that when the kids went off the Nana and Grandpa's that Craig would bring out the gold jacket at dinner. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Oh, <laughs> he'd just come out. Uh, he'd come out of the bedroom wearing uh, the gold jacket and sit down and have his bangers and mash. Are you sure uh, wasn't going back into the bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> G'day, Craig. Uh, I hope and I, Nicole. Hello? I hope you. I hope you both well. I'm sure they are. Well, the big news, Nick, and it doesn't happen too often these days. A kid called Nick Dunlap has won in, on the PGA Tour. Crazy. I mean, I, I, an amateur. I, I honestly didn't think an amateur. Yeah, I honestly didn't think we'd see that again. On not on the PGA Tour, we've seen it all over the place. Um, when's the last time an amateur won on the DP World Tour? I can't remember. We've okay. seen it happen in Japan. We've seen it happen in Asia. Sixteen-year-olds are doing that sort of stuff on on those two tours. Uh, Aaron Badley still in my memory. Nineteen ninety-nine mm-hmm. at yep. uh, Royal Sydney, but that's a it's a different league over there now. Because only freaks, and I look, I'm saying that looking at you, Nick, only <laughs> freaks can be successful on the PGA Tour of America. Yeah, it's a freak show. And yet we've got an amateur capable of shooting almost 30 under. He ended up shooting 200 on the last day uh, and getting to 29 under par. Now, mm. I know that you were playing uh, and you missed some of the action. Can I just fill you in what was going on? Please. I saw the scores first up. I mean, we're in Palm Springs. Yeah. So you're playing in a bit of a dome. It's a three-round cut, 13-under cut. Yeah, it's record by three shots. And I I think the reason being is because it's a pro-am format the first few days. So they put the pins in probably the middle of the greens, I would imagine. So it's not too difficult for the amateurs. That's why the scoring is so low there. Exactly. Uh, But even so, I mean, those golf courses, I think I told you last week that in 1993, I got to the last stage of the US Tour School and we're playing these exact courses. I I played that, what is it, the PGA West, where (laughs) they just play the final round. I went to Q School there as well. Those courses, when they first opened, they were built, especially the stadium course, as the toughest golf course in the whole world. Pete Dye. Pete died. The La Quinta one was. I remember that being reasonably hard. Well, Trevino, remember he had the hole in one in the skins game. There. Yeah, that's right. Very famous at Alcatraz. A little bit happened at Alcatraz today. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll talk you through that as well. Uh, but uh, Sam Burns was ended up leading the tournament. The, uh, uh, Dunlap uh, hit one in the water on seven, and he was about there was about three players in front of him at one stage. He shot two under on the back nine, but when he got to seventeen after birdieing sixteen, he's tied for the lead with Burns. He gets up, knocks it on the green. Perfect. Uh, JT knocked one on the green, which is great. Burns last to go. Where was JT at this stage? But way back. Oh, yeah, was he? Yeah, got off to a bad start. The second Burns hit the ball, one hand came off the club, and we knew it was in the water. <laughs> and all of a sudden, after a five, this kid's got a two-shot lead. Now listen, wow. now listen to this, because okay. I know that you kept an eye on scoreboards for a reason. Yep. So he went to the 18th tee. 
thinking that he had a two-shot lead. Well, I heard he did, but the player in the group in front might have birdied it. Is that correct? Birdied it okay. before he hit his drive. But but what's his name? Oh. Budenhaus. <laughs> How do you say that name? Budenhaus. That's him. Okay. He ends up birdieing 18. So he didn't know. Wow. And he's playing ultra ultra careful. It's and an he, easy hole to bogey that 18th. Well, too. he hit it so far right yeah. it was a joke. The pin's on the left. All, all he had to do was not keep it out. He got a lucky break, landed a spectator, got a little okay. bounce, and ended up in the rye grass. You know how the, uh, their cooch grass in the rough is all dormant? Yep. It, it bounced off, comes down, ends up in the rye grass. Ooh, decent that, line. Well, that's lucky. If it stays up in that other stuff, that's yeah. really tough. Uh, slight downhill, had to chip it up and then stop it. And the ball, you know, there's water in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, most people in that situation, if they didn't have a bank of um, experience like this Dunlop kid actually has, uh, may well have, you know, hit it fat or thinned it straight into the water. He, he chipped a, it was a beautiful shot, a nerveless looking action uh, to five feet. Caddy said, it's inside left, this butt. You've done this a thousand times. He got over the putt and knocked it straight in the middle of the hole. Oh. Well. Can, I, can I tell you, they, they went to his dad about uh, with three holes to go. And they said, when did you know he was going to be a good player? And he <laughs> said, when he shot 59 as a 12-year-old. Oh, what? He shot 59 as a 12-year-old, Nick. Was the par 60 or 70? No, it, it was, you know, was short, proper... you know what they do over there. They yeah. shorten the golf courses for the juniors. Wow. But he still, he shot 59 as a junior. That's he incredible. Sh- he shot 60 as a college player. He shot 60 in the third round of this tournament at La Quinta. Um, and when JT was talking about him, he said he went back because they went to the same uh, university of university. Alabama. That's it. He spoke to coach whoever and said, yeah, he's the real deal. Mm. Jay Sewell, I think, is the coach there, I think, from yeah. memory. But so, the, the other thing I saw before, the I didn't watch the final round, you did, but uh, the other thing I saw in Burns, yeah. he must have lost a bet. I think to JT because shaved into the side of his head yeah, was he RTR, which is roll tide roll, roll That's which correct. is the Alabama sort of you know motto or whatever. <laughs> so how would you be shaving that into your head? <laughs> so he loses that bet. I think he must have to shave up one into the other side after he just lost to another Alabama guy. I don't know. Yeah, well, so. Burns lost a bit of money because he was um, two shots in front of second place money. Yep. He was tied at the lead standing on 17, the Alcatraz hole. Okay. He hit it in the water and made double. Mm-hmm. On the last, he hit it in the water and made double. Oh, another double. Yeah. Oh, my god! Double bogey, double bogey. So whatever first oh. place was, he probably ended up tied for fourth or fifth. Well, I know, but Zadenhout must be uh, fine with it because he gets first place check because the amateur doesn't get mm. any cash. Apparently, it's, he hasn't done what Tiger did, which was win three junior USGA champion, uh, juniors and three U.S. Amateurs. amateurs. But you know what he has But he done? won one of each. Yeah, he, there's only two players. I did a bit of research yeah. for, on the way here. There's only two players who has won the U.S. Junior Amateur and the U.S. Amateur, yeah. and that's Nick Dunlap yeah. and Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. And there's only one player that has done those two plus yeah. a PGA Tour event as an amateur. Oh, and that would be Nick, Nick Dunlap. Dunlap. He's the only player to have won the U.S. Junior Amateur, the U.S. Amateur, and a PGA Tour event all as an amateur. Tiger's obviously done yeah. it, but he did the PGA Tour event as a pro. He yeah, never won one right. as an amateur. So Tiger need, needed to lift his game back in 96, <laughs> I think, when he got those invites. Right? <laughs> anyway, when you watch him play, and uh, I'm not sure, it, I mean, yeah, he looks like an abs- uh, a ready-made superstar, Oof. as you imagine. But what I loved about what he was doing, 
Even though he was an amateur and the only amateur playing in the field, he looked like golf was his profession. Mm. So he had the real bag, you know. And a tradesman needs good tools. And if you turn up with a little carry bag with your mate carrying the bag and it rains or, you know, you don't have all the stuff in there, it's, it's, it's an issue. So he had a tour bag? He had a tour bag. And what did they have on the bag? Was uh, it Alabama or, or was no, no, it a Titleist or I, something? I reckon it was TaylorMade. He's, he's, he's Adidas head to toe. Okay. Um, we, I want to talk to you about that in just a second too because what he's done, I want to know what that translates into money-wise. Um, but I think he had a tailor-made bag. So he had the big tailor-made tool bag. don't know whether he had his name on it or anything, okay. which is usually reserved for pros, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the most special days in your life oh, when yeah. you turn pro. When you finally get a golf bag with your name <laughs> embroidered into it, it's a happy day. So good. It is, it's a happy day. Okay, so question... Number six or seven. Okay. Directed at you. What does this translate into money-wise? I'd be surprised if he can't make out of this after winning the U.S. Juniors and the U.S. Amateur and now winning this as a amateur, a tour event. He's going to be exempt uh, for two years. Mm -hmm. Does that translate into five times 20 million? That's a very good question. Money-wise... If he went to the live to it, probably would. <laughs> well, that, that, that's question number eight. That's the next question. But, well, but let's deal with that in a second. But he's a sophomore in college, yeah. so that's his second year out of four, basically. Doesn't, so doesn't need to go to college anymore. No, that, that's over. Well, and that's out. Well, that would be my next question. Would he would he stay in school, try and get his degree, or would he? Is he just turning pro straight no, away? No, his degree is golf because okay. oh, this is this is this is my best guess. You got people like uh, Tiger coming out. And I think forty million. We just couldn't believe it at the time. Yeah. We could yeah. not believe that somebody would sign a golfer no matter what their ability was to be dressed head to toe in nike uh, for 40 million us dollars i think bare minimum Mm. it's five times 20 million if you're his if you're his and 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 that's just added as taylor mate yeah which is which is what he's already playing it's a lot of money he's a hell of a a 20 year old no i get that yeah it is a big risk but yeah, you're probably in the ballpark. I would have said maybe 10 to 15, something yeah. like that, over five years. Yeah, well, I cop that. Yeah. So there's no need to stay in college. If you, <laughs> <laughs> this is the first deal you're signing. Yeah, you can always go back to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's true. He'll be right. Uh, you know, Liv will be... Uh, they'll, they'll at least well. make a phone call. And, and and do you think that's now in their game plan? Because what we've got penciled in to talk about at some stage is that Jay Monaghan has been over talking to, what's the big boss's name? Yasser Al-Ramian. That's him. He's been over last week doing all that sort of stuff. So so he finally got the phone call and now he's actually in person with him. That's he's, great. He's gone over. It took a while. It took a long time. So what was it? He hadn't spoken <laughs> to him since mid last year when he announced June it. 6th. And then he's been over Apparently. there for a, for a week mm. trying to sort a few things out. Yeah. Um, do you reckon Liver still in the headspace of making crazy offers to people like Nick Dunlap? Or do you think after John Rahm and his six hundred million or whatever it was for three years, do you think that, that that's the final, you know, the final kill for Liv to make them to, to make the PGA understand that it's just mm. not a fair fight? Well that that was the one which has tipped the scales for sure. I mean they've got the they've got the behemoth that they wanted. I mean you had Cam Smith, yes, but he's not in the same league, you know, and I'm saying this with all due consideration to Cam, but he's not a, in the no. same league as John Rahm as we know. He won the Open Championship, so it was perfect timing to them to drop yeah. the bomb on the PGA Tour when that happened. Yeah. Now, John, John's won the Masters. Yeah. 
world number one. He Cam was, was pretty close, wasn't he? Yeah, he was stage. top five, yeah. I, I think, something like that. It might have even been two, uh, I, I would imagine. But uh, a lot will depend on what they're doing with Ram at the moment. Are they going to add him to an existing team or are they going to fill out his own team? Because, by the way, we're only two weeks away from the start of the Lib season and we still don't know, don't know. what's yeah. happening with John Rahm. Is he going to be an iron head? Is he going to be a clique where he'll get ownership? Or yeah. will they come up with another, I don't know, what would you call a Spanish team? The... Uh, uh, the Matadors. The Olays or yeah, something yeah, like I that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But the other big... The running word, with the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, you know, Liv has always got that, what, $700 billion in reserve. So they can do whatever they want um, when it comes to offering college players and the next superstars. And, and he's the one. I mean, he's the one. And the other guy was... Um, Sergeant, I think yeah, that's yeah, the Sergeant, other, yeah. the other really good. Uh, who I think he beat at the US Amateur uh, last year to win it, and so you have players like that. You had the uh, what was the, the Latina go Chikara, who ended up winning that's the live event for a little while. So they may go down that route, but I have a feeling they might try and poach one or two of the PGA Tour players, maybe to fill out Ram's team. Yeah. But if they don't fill out Ram's team, well then I don't think they're going to do any more, and we'll wait and see. But the thing is, two weeks away. The, the, one of the biggest uh, thing that happened last week was Lucas Herbert. Yeah. Has gone to Team Ripper. Yeah. Uh, no. What did you think about that? I wasn't surprised. No? No, I wasn't surprised. I think in a way it suits Lucas. Hmm. Um, was well, he number 69 in the world? So you're thinking, okay, they're not going to get ranking points for a while. So he's got to realize he's not going to play a major for a couple of years at least unless something happens. Yeah where you know they change the rules oh well you might play the pga actually usually it's top 100 in the world get into the pga so so he, yeah he'll sneak into that because the pga is in may these days that's right yeah so he'll probably get into that one but again that's an unofficial ruling maybe they exclude those players i don't really know how they're going to do that to be honest but um what sort of money do you think he went for uh, because that that's there, the big question isn't it there, there has, hasn't even been speculation mm. On how much money that Lucas went across for, I reckon he'd go around for under five million US. Yeah, I thought I thought ten to fifteen myself. A year? What he would? Oh, per year? Yes. How many years you talking? Two. Okay. No, I I I thought I don't know if they do yearly deals uh, anymore. I'm I'm assuming they probably do because they did that with Ram, didn't they? But um, yeah, I'd say for two years he probably went for fifteen to twenty. Yep. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, you think five a year? I, I, I think he would have accepted five million a year mm. for um, okay. one, two, three, four, five years. Five, I mean, five million US a year um, with the option to, if you win more than $5 million, which basically you just got to win an event and you get four million US. Yeah, true. Um, so he's guaranteed five million US a year. And what are they playing? 14 tournaments here? It's just stupid money, isn't it? It's it's uh, <laughs> silly. It, it, it's <laughs> it, for Lucas, where he's positioned in his golf, can't say no. Yeah, he, he can't say no to that money, and he, he's going to slot straight into the Rippers. By I the sounds of it, I don't know Lucas as well as possibly you do. Uh, I know Lucas. I mean, I've played golf with yeah. him. I don't know him well. I don't know how I'm the same. I'm passionate the... he is about the game. Is he a historian? Is he in for the love of it, the grind, or is he just doing it as a job? I really don't know. So that would. You know, tip the scales one way or the other. Yeah, mm. no, I, I think he's doing it as a job. And, and Lucas, if you get wind of this, that, that's not. This, yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful no, to you at all. all because a lot of players do it as a job. Trust absolutely, me. stacks mm. of them do. And and there's yep. nothing wrong with that. You deserve. You know, you you got to where you got in the game. You can do it however you want to do it. Mm. 
But I think if Lucas is one of those professional golfers who just thinks it's a job, um, then this is very this is this this suits those types down to the ground. Team Ripper, they're looking strong right now. They've got uh, Cam Leash, Jones signed again, yeah. and Lucas Herbert. Yeah, well, that's much better. Mm. That's much better than it uh, is. Well, Jed struggled, and I guess he'll be playing Asian. No, he missed Asian uh, tour, didn't he? I don't know what Jed's going to do now, actually. Yeah. What happens to those players? Yeah, he getting Jed on our pod isn't uh, a bad idea. It's a very good idea. Just to see what happens because I don't think we, we all understand what happens at the top of live mm. but we don't necessarily well we had Wade on remember yeah and he mm. was great yep but now where live is it's a, it's a different proposition again it is yeah. alright um, I'll okay. put that on my to-do list another guest that you need to get on who's yeah. the other one uh, right, Cam Percy Cam Percy yeah, James, Sutherland, yeah. um, James Sutherland James <laughs> Sutherland keep well, the well, list going well, can, you, can somebody <laughs> keep this list I forgot about James <laughs> and I forgot about Cam um, Dan Yep. Well, uh, we did remind him a couple of days ago. Yeah, so. no, yeah okay. True. Jeez. Okay. Well, I got Mike Cocking. You know, he's going to come on. Okay, all right. Um, Monaghan. Yes. Can we talk about Jay? Sure. <sighs> How do you reckon the reception was when he got off the plane? Do you reckon they looked after him <laughs> or do you reckon they made him get an Uber to headquarters? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they looked after him. Um, it's a strange situation that the man who called the shots apparently hasn't you know met with the boss the bloke in charge of a 700 billion dollar fund for just this sort of thing i'm confident 2025 we're going to see something very different in 20, the world of golf yep. yeah man we spoke about this last week didn't we i'm still thinking 2026 yep i have a feeling but something will change in 25 for sure mm. obviously this year's done yeah, tournament-wise, I mean the schedules are. Although, well, I think Liv is going to go ahead with their schedule. I mean yep. they've got most of the tournaments out. Probably still a couple to be decided. But it's uh, for for all the golf lovers out there, it's just unfortunate that there's no communication yep. um, with the media and and what's really going on. I spoke about this to you last year. I would be so much more confident if Jay and Tiger were in the room. Mm. Uh, that that would that would make so much more sense to me. You know, Rory's not on that advisory board anymore. Tiger is the voice that everybody listens to. If Tiger was in the the private jet that turned up uh, in Qatar and they all got together in a meeting room, and I would have been so much more confident yeah. that we're all pointed in the one direction. But I don't know whether Tiger just doesn't have the time or whether. Uh, Jay's a patsy, or whether he we've got the full confidence in Jay. Um, Does Tiger want it to happen? That, I mean, that's, yeah, that's we, the we, other thing. We I don't, don't know. know. No, it, we legacy, don't know. Legacies at stake and things like that. So, but if I was Jay, and I want it to work, Tiger's my wingman. Mm. Tiger, we're going over to see the big fella. Yep. I want you to come with me. It's going to be a four-day trip. I reckon we can get some stuff done. Makes sense to everyone, doesn't it? it? It actually does, Mark. I think. Uh, why? Why? Would, I mean, that that the the fact that that doesn't ha- take place scares me a bit. Yeah, a little bit. The problem is, I don't even think they know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, this is a very distant view I have here. Yeah. But if they did, I think we'd know a lot more about what was going to happen. Mm. So whatever it ends up being, however it ends up looking and feeling and, and shaping up, has there been? 
so much damage done to Jay Monaghan through the journey that he can't survive. Yep. I don't think he can survive. He's on a big... I mean, he doesn't, he'll, he'll be right. Joe will be oh, right. He'll, 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 he'll protect himself through all this. For he's sure. on 10 million plus a year oh, to run the yeah. thing and he's been doing it for a long time. So he'll be right, but I, don't, I think it's untenable um, once the deal's done. Again, that's why I would have been more confident if Tiger, if we're flying Air Tiger and Air Tiger rocks up at Saudi Arabia and they all get out and handshake and let's talk business. Last one I want to talk about, I just wrote it down because uh, when we we're talking about Nick Dunlap and his professionalism as an amateur playing in the, uh, the American Championship, you know that golf is his profession. We keep on seeing kids running around playing the PGA Tour of Australasia, Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia. And I just get the sense that we've got a lot of kids out there with not much money. And because of that, it's almost forced upon them that professional golf is a hobby. What are we going to do with the no caddy situation when they're playing for some some reasonably serious money? Mm. I mean, the $45,000 that uh, Kazuma Kabori won on the weekend, that, you know, that's a down payment on a tour school to Japan or wherever he might want to play. I see it as a bit of an issue. Well, I mean, I think it comes back to, well, the PGA Tour of Australasia, whether they put it in their, you know, rules of entry. Yep. That on the weekend, if you are in the top 20 players, you have to have a caddy yep. on the bag or something yep. like that. If you don't have a caddy, we'll... The club will find you one. The club will find you one? I can guarantee you, every golf club that holds a tournament, we had it at Cobram Baruga. There would be 20, 15, 14, 16-year-old kids chomping at the bit to yeah. get on the bag of someone playing that weekend. Well, what about what we saw? Like on, in round three, you got Andrew Martin and Andrew Kelly playing together. Um, Kelly hits a ball in the right-hand side. Oh, that's right. He lost his ball. <laughs> All right, We'd been talking about these two players didn't have a caddy. He actually lost his ball, but he found a caddy in the <laughs> trees. For the rest of the day, he had a caddy. A guy came out pulling his buggy for him. Well, just, that? He was just sitting in the trees. That, that's right. I guess. <laughs> so you've got all these, you know, wherever they go. They're going to the Rosebud this week. It was yeah. Combrugge last week. Uh, where were we the week before that? Heritage. Heritage, thank you. People everywhere willing just to drag a bag. Yeah, and, and from a professional's perspective, and I'm putting myself in their playing shoes at the mm. moment, I understand that if you get the wrong person on your bag, it can be a detriment. Yeah. But if you make it a rule, a tournament of entry rule, which the PGA Tour of Australasia yeah. could possibly do when you yeah. sign the dotted line. This is the deal. Look, if you're in the top 20, you're going to be perhaps on TV. Uh, it'll not only be fantastic to watch, you yeah. know, because it looks much better it when you have so a caddy when we're watching golf. But you know what? I think it'll actually help you as well because yeah. you need to learn to work with someone on the golf course that's going to help you. Now, you can tell them to shut up if you want. Look, don't talk to me. Yeah. Just pull or carry the bag, whatever works. But I think if we bring that in... That'd make the world a difference. Well, if we do bring it in, they might be inclined to bring their own caddy just in case they found a caddy yeah. that they didn't like. And look, the players, you know, they, if they if they have a caddy, they're in that top twenty. They're going to make a check. They'll just cut them a little few yeah. percent off that if they want, or a hundred bucks here or there. They don't have to pay them. Give yeah. them all the golf balls, whatever. Yeah. They're going to have a blast. Those caddies, I can tell you. When I turned pro, I didn't turn pro to play in pro amps. But you know, at the start, when I turned pro, you had to. You know, there was not much on. You had to do something. Yeah. I never played a pro-am without a caddy, ever. I found a caddy wherever I went. There you go. 
I mean, no. it's just it, uh, to me, it's just Although, an attitude of what you are trying to achieve in the game. Eh? Uh, is golf going to be your profession, or is it going? Is professional golf going to be a hobby? Mm. I it's actually a just realised I'm a bit hypocritical here because I carried my own bag in the first round of the Australian Open. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but so you've seen the error of your ways. But Nick. I did have a caddy in the second round. Yeah, your wife my flew wife, in. That's right. <laughs> Gee, that was a big story, you know, because she's a good-looking girl, Alana. It was just at, across the road, didn't yeah, it? Metropolitan. That's right. So. She's a good-looking girl, and this Nico who who was leading after the first round, yeah. now called Miko Who, um, the next day had this beautiful girl carrying the bag. It was just fantastic. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, well done. Hey, before we go to the turn, uh, I want you guys to uh, commentate this lady who's on the putting ground out of here with her next putt. Can you commentate that for us? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, she's got a, a lovely backswing to her stroke, uh, and she's wearing a lovely pith hat, I think uh, safari style. But... Her shoulders stop, and she kind of leans into her putts. Watch this, Nick. Okay. Yeah, she's just so, lining the ball up at the yeah, moment. She's just she's she's got a line on the ball. She's lining up this four-footer. Oh, she's going on the pre-shot routine, the, the stroke behind. I she's, like that. She saw your master class yeah. last week. Oh, she didn't put the right hand on first, though. She's setting it with both hands, which is fine. Actually, so she takes the backswing, then she leans into it. See the lean? Yeah. And that's why she blocked it out little, to the right. A little right. bit of a sway there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's why she blocked it. It was a lovely stroke, though. I really liked the stroke. It was nice and slight. Mm. Top five coming up next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. If you're enjoying the podcast... Make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Oh, wait, wait, look, while you guys are chewing on your Mentoses, mm. they're very addictive. They yeah, are. very yeah. nice. Yeah. Go well with the charades. Not. I like the fruity <laughs> ones, though. The mint ones get a little bit uh, boring after a while. A big thanks to the Golf Clearance Outlet. And if you haven't gone online yet to order at least three of the $13 gloves that are the best in the whole world then you're crazy and also a big uh, thank you to ping any ping players went in the glo- ping global results we're going to get to them a little bit he's got Look, a mouthful of mentos how many mentos did you put talk. in your mouth Jeez. Oh. god come on you greedy man you can't even take the bowl right off. i'm going to put the bowl over here <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> Look, it's gone up. It hasn't gone up your nose or something, has it? Did you have like five in your mouth at one time? <laughs> I had one. Jeez. <laughs> All right, okay. it's time for this week's top five. Top five, top five, top five. In honour of our amateur friend, Nick Dunlap, yes. who just won, this is the top five amateur wins in history. Oh, this is good. History. Yes, I like it. So that means we're going back a little while. Just right. to cover one or two. There's been a few. There has been a few. Do they have to be in professional events or can they be mm. famous amateur events? They're famous. No. Is your answer? They oh. can be amateur or pro. Okay, good. Yeah, because, because that makes yeah, it more interesting. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of a few at the moment. Okay, good. good. Go on. Number five. Yeah. Man who just won 
Nick Dunlap. Yeah. Number five. The way he did it too. It was impressive from what you told me. I'm going to go back and watch the replay now because that sounds like a fascinating end of the tournament. It was sensational. What's his swing look like? I never saw him swing it. It looks like nothing can go wrong. It's really? one of those. Ooh. Yeah. Can't go left sort of swings? It cannot go left. I love that. Cannot. It's a, it short, fades. it's a short, fading, powerful oh, yeah. swing. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. All right. Nick Dunlap, number five. Number four. Back in 1913, a young Francis... We met or we yeah, may? We, we met. met. We met. At the Brookline Country Club. I was trying to uh, think of the two pros overcame. from England that he beat. Harry Varden. And Ted Ray. And Ted Ray. Thank you. The big hitting Ted Ray. Yeah. yeah. Came out of nowhere. Won the US Open. And if you haven't okay. seen the movie, what's the movie called? The Greatest Game Ever Played? Correct. If you haven't seen The Greatest Game Ever Played, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Well, it was in our top five. In fact, last stop year. listening to the podcast right now if you haven't mm. listened to it or promise yourself that you'll go on Netflix and and go and watch The Greatest Game Ever Played. Yes. That along with Seven Days in Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> Someone actually sent me something on uh, Twitter the other day saying, Nick O'Hearn, I'm going to watch uh, Seven Days Utopia. I'll see if it's any good. So I haven't heard whether it's good or not. Let me know. If you I, haven't heard back, mate, they didn't like it. I actually don't think it was that good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. You might have heard of this fella, but he happened to win three US amateurs in a row. And that third one, yeah. what was that, 1996? Epic. Against, uh, let me have a look. I think I wrote it down earlier. Steve Scott. That's On him. the 38th hole, Tiger Woods wins the historic third amateur in a row. No one's ever done it. Was that the one at Pumpkin Ridge? He won one of them at uh, TPC Sawgrass. Mm. I reckon he won one at Pumpkin Ridge, and he held the big curler. Could have been that one. I think it was that one. Yeah, right. Because Steve Scott, I think he had him on toast for a while. Yeah. And Tiger made the big comeback. I wonder where Steve Scott is these days. The big baggy shirts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they did something on him. It might have been the Golf Channel or something in the States a while back about where he was. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Should we get him on the pod? See how he's going? <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> see, see how he yeah, okay. see how he co- he's coping I, after that loss? Let me see if I can get Tiger on the pod too while we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he used to be okay. his neighbour. It's the least you can do. Sure, sure. Okay, number two. And this is a bit of a sore point for me, this one. You're not going to put Phil Mickelson in his no, no, he, he doesn't make the list. Oh, good. <laughs> he doesn't make the list. Dunlap was the first pro to yeah. win since him yeah. in 91 in Tucson, by the way. Yeah. For those uh, historians out there. But number two. The 1999 Australian Open at Royal Sydney, yes. Aaron Badley. I'm glad you found room for yeah. this because... It, it was a great win. The kid only started playing golf mm-hmm. when he was 13 and a half and four and a half years later... He was 19 or 18? 18. 18. Four and a half years later, Jeez. he won the Australian Open. So he hits a club for the... Hits a ball for the first time mm. at 13 and a half. Four and a half years later, he won an Australian Open. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Stupid. Yeah. I still don't believe it. I was one shot behind him, I think, with three holes. He had three holes to go, and he was on the 16th to par five. Mm. And I'm thinking, i got a chance here. 17's pretty tough. And 18's not a snack either. He hits one of the best two irons you've ever seen into the 16th. I think he knocked it on the green, two-putter for birdie. I thought, oh, okay, it's done. You're kidding me. So the good news was I was a leading pro along with Greg Norman. So we finished tied second. I almost so. had a hole in one that week. Did you really? Yeah, yeah they, they saw the PGA tweeted it not mm. long ago, or Golf Australia tweeted it not long ago. There's a par three. It's really early, and I didn't realise it. I mean, I knew Third it was hole. I, I, I knew it was an inch away because I tapped it in, but I didn't realise what happened down the other end oh, okay. until I saw this tweet. Really? I'll have to find it for you, Dan. Okay. Mm. And number one. This will be good. Greatest amateur of all time. 
Mr. Bobby Jones when he oh, won the yeah. Grand Slam, 1930. The final one that he won was uh, the US Amateur in 1930. So, in order, he that year, this isn't you know the Grand Slam is the best, but the yeah. Amateur, that final Amateur, because I'll tell you what, was, there's a fair bit riding on the line for him as well. So he won the uh, the Amateur Championship, which is in Britain, yeah. Britain, back in May. He won the Open, yeah. British Open, as some people call it, in June. Yeah. Then he won the US Open in July, and he won the US Amateur in September. Early in 1930, that year, yeah. he went to the British bookies. He, and he did said, not. I bet myself, he, I, I want some odds on me winning the Grand Slam, because he'd I almost done it before this. I didn't know this. Yep. And what you know what odds they gave him? What do you think to win the Grand Slam? 50 to 1. Spot on. Okay. Really? Because I thought you were about to say yeah. five to one or something so stupid. There, so really, as he was actually playing for a bit of cash. So when he won that US Amateur, he won $60,000 because oh, he must God. have put on just over a grand on it. So not bad at all, is it? Yeah. I'm not sure how strong the Amateur fields would have been back in 1930, by the way. Come on. Having a go at I'm, Bobby. I'm not sure they had the same strength wow. as they have today. Oh, it was pretty just, impressive just back there. Talking about that, that's um, uh, Nick Dunn. Lap when he won uh, the US Amateur, he's the running US Amateur. He was like four over after the first seven holes in qualifying for the US Amateur and credited his caddy seriously. Yeah, he ended up he ended up making it by winning by two shots. He was wow. he's like might, might have even been six over after seven. Same caddy he had. Yep, same in caddy. This tournament? Hayden, I think his name is. Okay, Hayden uh, got him back on track. Wow. He ended up making the uh, match play by two shots and then went on the win. Hmm. Now, the Australian amateur here, Yes. by the way, we're just going to talk a little, I'm getting off you know, off yeah, track here no, a little bit, but that. they've gone to stroke play here. Can we? Yes. 72 holes. Yeah, Any thoughts? Like, yeah, I don't like it. No. I like the amateur, I'm uh, sorry, I like the match play. Absolutely. When did that come in? Uh, about two years ago. A couple of years ago? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm. Just cheaper to run is, so what, is, is the what? understanding. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. It's a shame. To Golf Australia, I know, you know, I know we've got budgets and everything, but. Please bring back the match play. Absolutely. I love match play. Remember, we of saw uh, Mateus Sanchez uh, shoot the 62 in the yes. third round. Mm-hmm. And if he if if, if, if it was a stroke play back when he won it, then we couldn't say, guess who he beat in the final? Yeah. Because Mateus Sanchez beat Minwoo Lee in the final of the US, of the Australian oh, Amateur that year. I remember you talking about that. That's wow. right. So that, that means that's history. Mm. Whoever won this year is like, oh, well. Pop quiz, guys. We're live at Huntingdale today. Now, we're in the lounge, so yeah. there's a bit of noise around us. We're yes. in the lounge, a lot of members here. Yeah. To get to the lounge, you walk past the, the the pictures of all the previous winners here and some legends of the game, of course. The Walk of Fame. The Walk of Fame. Now, Aaron Badley's there. Pop yeah. quiz. Yeah. What year did he win the Masters at Huntingdale? <sighs> I'm going to say 2005. Yeah, let's see. He won the Opens 99, 2000, didn't yeah. he? I'm going to say 2001. 2007. 2007. No, you were closer. Okay. Who did he beat? I'm trying to think. I can remember it. Hmm. Well, he, he beat he beat someone in a uh, in a sudden death playoff. Um, okay. Was it Colin Montgomery? Uh, who da- was it? Daniel Chopra. Oh, okay. Daniel Chopra. Uh, his wife is uh, West, West Australian, actually. 
his wife's brother went to school with me. It was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, he he lived in Orlando and near where we were. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny you mentioned Monty because he's on that wall of yeah, fame too. And I, th- I, I, th- I could have sworn I saw a little shiver go through your body as you walked past his photo. I don't like looking at him. No, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't like Shall we get him on the pod? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Now, first bit of feedback here from Julie Hooker. Julie is from Cooyah Beach. Now, Cooyah Beach is just north of Port Douglas, near Mossman, up in far north Queensland. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, another cyclone off the coast at the moment. So, yeah, okay. uh, good luck to Julie and uh, anyone else in uh, North Queensland. Yeah. Julie said, "Guys, would you consider doing a masterclass on how to flop shots over green bunkers that land lightly, as our greens here are really small?" Right. So, greenside bunker flop shot. I'll do that later because I had a stupid. I had a really stupid. I was going to show the that. Don't go left shot. That was going to be nah. my last class. Nah, so this is much better. I like Julie's much better. All right, I'll get that done a little bit later. Perfect. Greg Pollard said, uh, Nick, can you share your golf link numbers so us punters can follow and watch your progress as Nico Who? Yes. Oh, yes. I will, we'll, yeah, what we'll is do it? that. I want, I want to put your... Does it come uh, up, Nico Who? Uh, I believe it does. So I've put two cards in so far, although... I played up at Cathedral. I don't think they put the second card in as yet. How many do you need to put in before it starts registering properly? I think properly? you get uh, three yeah. three cards and then you get your handicap. So, so, but you, so you don't have a golf link yet? I've got my golf link. Yeah, they gave me the golf link, but the, I don't have a handicap as yet. Righto. Well, so do, do you want it? Do you want me to... Hang on, I'm trying to work out how, do I, how I add you. All right. You all... Just go to uh, a group. Add a player. Add a player. Yeah, what's your golf link number? 30818. 30818. Zero zero three three eight. Three three eight. There you go. Please. It has me as NA at the moment. There you go. You can follow along. I've had two rounds. I've shot eighty five and a ninety four so far. So if it doesn't come up yet <laughs> if it doesn't come up yet for Greg, it'll come up pretty soon. So yeah. too funny. Before <laughs> that is very funny. <laughs> it's too funny. So before we move on that number three oh eight one eight double O three three eight. Perfect. Yeah. Right nice. Beauty. Uh, had some feedback from John, John Artist Golfer, uh, on your masterclass last week, Nick, okay. on pre-shot routines on the green. Yes. Another great video from the Tiger Slayer. Ooh. Mm, yeah. The like Tiger that. Slayer. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank I you. like Nico Who better, but the Tiger Slayer is close. Actually, <laughs> in hindsight, maybe I should have <laughs> should have put that. Although it'd be, it'd be a good top five one day. I, I would have slayed nothing as uh, Tiger Slayer if I was playing right-handed. So nicknames, top five nicknames for Nick O'Hearn <laughs> oh, could gosh. be next week. We got the Tiger Slayer. We got Nico Who. Nico Hearn. The rest of Mick Mick Hearn. Yeah, <laughs> that could be funny. Shankopotamus. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> now you guys were talking about the uh, the Open last week and and basically saying how y- your view was that the format wasn't right and needed some work and the players weren't happy with it. Mm-hmm. Fair bit of feedback on that. We yeah. won't go through it all because it was a lot. But Joseph has said these two events can comfortably stand by themselves. You say he's talking to you guys yeah. here. James Sutherland made it very clear that's not the case. They were both costing far too much money and that's why they were brought together to save costs. My answer to that is, and it's a very simple one, the Sunshine Tour in South Africa, they've been involved with the DP World Tour for almost 30 years, I would say, 40 years. And every time I put the TV on uh, and watch the DP World Tour on a Thursday and a Friday night, it is littered with South African players. If South Africa, that little country that doesn't do as well as us, are good enough and big enough to have all their tournaments on the DP World Tour... All standalone events, then so can we. Very, very simple. If we couldn't have a men's and a women's Australian Open standalone events, 
then I am not here. End of story. Well said. Daniel has said, great to have you back, boys. I think the formula-style tour would be amazing, and that's exactly what World Golf needs. I also think this would make secondary local tours stronger and increase viewership. By the way, great first pod back of the year. Good on you. Yeah, I think so too. I think there'd be a trickle-down effect. I think you'd find if the Saudis got their way and got the Grand Prix circuit up and going, which includes the majors, um, I don't think it's a big stretch for somewhere like Australia to get a little $50, $100 million side note it's like it would be nothing no. for the seven hundred billion dollar a year yeah. fund for us to get. If we got a hundred million down here, Oof. and there was a DP World Tour swing for both the men and the women, please, mm. that's growing the game. Be very nice. Yeah. Dale has said, love the convo around the global tour and the chat about how men's and women's tournaments can work moving forward. So just a nice comment there from Dale. Go on, here, Dale. We did a poll last week on the specific issue around the Australian Open. Uh, and we had three options. One, mm. did you love it? Mm. Two, did you hate it? Or three, do you think it could work with some tweaks? Right. Mm-hmm. Good. There was a very clear winner. Uh, what do you reckon it might have been? I think the winner would have wanted the Australian Open to be a standalone tournament. I have a feeling it's tweaks. Yeah. 15% loved it. Yep. Love how it is. Thirty-one percent hate how it is. Yeah, thirty-one, one in three. Yeah. So that's so that's saying that they want it to stand alone. Yeah, and what's yeah. the other one? Fifty-three percent. They think it could work, but it needs to be tweaked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Yep, that makes sense. Ping global results. That music. Yeah, just I'm just going to keep talking about it every single week. Chills. <laughs> oh, Chills. Please have another Mentos. Oh, come on. God. Don't have another Mentos. <laughs> He's already had like eight of them. All right. Yeah. No, I've only had one. It just oh, got stuck in not, my mouth for quite a while. You have not so. had one. Right. You? Oh, sorry. I've had one Shiraz. That's what it was. So. <laughs> okay. On the PGA Tour, the American Express Championship, as we mentioned, the amateur, Nick Dunlap. I mean, just incredible. Even. Made the top five. That was the biggest achievement, actually, to make your top five. It was. Yeah. It was actually very impressive. Clever. Uh, who finished second again? Christian Bezadenhout. Or Bezadenhout. I'm not exactly sure. Hout. Hout. He's, he's an unbelievable player, by the way. Yeah, he's he, impressive to watch. One of the best putters in the world. Watch him putt. It's very impressive. But on the Aussie front, Minwoo Lee tied for 21st. Pretty solid week for him. Uh, Jason Day tied for 34th and Harrison Endicott. Good to see him yeah. back out there playing. Tough cut to make, as yeah. I mentioned earlier in the pod, 13 under. Nice to see Jason Day wearing clothes that looked half decent too. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Because the last couple of weeks it's been very really? ordinary. What was he wearing this time? Well, this looked more normal okay. looking street clothes. Okay. We could recognise him at least. Yeah, he, okay. he didn't look like he was you know, trying to get a hip hop career going. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, he didn't look like a backstreet boy from the <laughs> 1990s. <laughs> Uh, well, he can dance. I remember, can he? I remember seeing him at the Coolum Classic one year. I think it might have been the Australian PGA, and we used to do the dinner mm. around the pool. Don't tell tales about what happens at that tournament. No, it place. was okay. okay <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Right. But they, they got him up because they, and you know, he was one of the star players, obviously, but they said, we've heard a rumour that you can dance, and like uh, hip-hop style. Yeah. And sure enough, they he played could. some music. He was very impressive. Oh, okay. Yeah, add oh, that no. to the resume. Oh, Not bad at all. He good. had all the moves. I'll give him that. Uh, DP World Tour, Dubai Desert Classic, one of yeah. the historic events, if you yeah. want to call it that. On the it is 
on the DP World Tour at you the Emirates what, Golf Club. You know what I love about that tournament every mm-hmm. year? They show when they played the very first one, the skyline. Skyline, yeah. And they, yeah. there's a skyline change. They just show the skyline changes each, yep. from each tournament. It went from just being a little bush city yeah. to what it is today, oh. which is just incredible. I don't know when they started there. I, I played it in, in early to mid-2000s quite a few times. I, mm. I loved the golf course. It was firm, which yeah. is what I loved. It's and good. The scoring it's, was never too low. Yeah, I've yeah. never been there, but oh, really uh, it good. is a fabulous tournament to watch. I love it. Really good. But Rory McIlroy, uh, he won by one stroke from Adrian Moronk. They had Cameron Young there mm. playing. He was kind of the overseas mega yeah. star. They also had Joaquin Neiman, who was yeah. there for obvious, obvious yeah. reasons, trying to get some points up. He didn't get the heebie-jeebies with the putter or hook a driver? Rory, uh, didn't no. hook it into well, the water any time on back nine or anything like that, like no, last week? No, he didn't. Uh, he was 10 shots back starting the weekend. Jewish. Ten I shots didn't know back. That. I think he shot a nine under sixty-three third round, which got him within striking. Maybe a couple behind Cameron Young. Young struggled on the final day. Shot a couple over. I think Rory shot a couple under or something like that. Mm. Did uh, the uh, British commentators have as much fun with Young faltering in the last day as the American commentators have with European <laughs> players who falter on the last day? I, I I didn't listen to much of the commentary. I just saw some of the highlights. So yeah. I'll, I'll look into that one. It's noticeable, you know. American commentators. Oh, yeah, they love it. Very noticeable. Yes. No, I think they're a bit more uh, respectful okay, on the good. other side of, of the pond. Good. You know, the, the strange thing was, Adrian Moronk, so he finished second. Mm. He just got voted Player of the Year in 2023. Oh, wow. It's voted on by the players. Did not make the Ryder Cup team. Isn't that bizarre? That is bizarre. Mm. I didn't yeah. know that. Very strange. But it's See, called the Seve Ballesteros Award. That mm. sort of stuff is why the Ping Global Results gets the fanfare exactly. that it deserves. Yeah. So, so Rory's gone back-to-back yep. in, in Dubai. Remember last year he defeated yep. Patrick Reed. Yep. That was a big win that for him. That was huge. That was a war at that stage. Yeah. There was a war going on between Liv mm. and the PGA Tour. We had something very unusual happen in the third round, but... It, we also saw it here in Australia, but uh, the Hoygaard twins yeah. played together in the third round. Here in Australia, we had the Kaboris playing yeah. together. Seated together. Brother yeah. and sister. So they weren't paired together like you get in rounds one and two. They mm-hmm. actually played well enough to be seated. seated. Yep. Yeah. The Kaboris and the Hoygaards as well. Australian front, Adam Scott, good finish, tied for seventh. And uh, Australasian front, should I say, Ryan Fox, because he was in there as well, tied for 31st. They uh, love Foxy on that tour now. Uh, yeah. he's, he's almost a poster boy well, over he's there. He's playing well, too. Yeah. And he's got his PGA Tour card yeah. through, through that exemption that they have over there. So on the LPGA front, another Australasian, New Zealander, mm. Lydia Ko. Mm. Great win to start the year at the Tournament of Champions at Lake Nona. Uh, she had a two-shot win over Alex Pano, and uh, Brooke Henderson was third. Great result for her. She's only 26 years old, and she's had 20 wins already. Lydia Coe's only 26. Yeah, she becomes the seventh woman to win 20 times before the age of 27. Jeez, I would have said it's she crazy was stat. 30-something. I know, I know. I guess she won the New South, New South, she won the New South Wales Open when she was... 14, Very something young. like that. Very Something young. crazy. Won the yeah. Canadian Open when she was 16. It's cra- it was crazy mm. stuff, what she was doing. She had a really poor last year, yeah. like 2023. That was probably one of her worst years on tour. And they said, what did you learn from it? And uh, she said, well, I learned that I cry a lot. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That's a bit sad. So it obviously took its toll on her. But great to see her get the... Uh, Get the year off to a good start. On the local front, we had the WebEx Players Series event at Murray River at uh, Cobram Baruga Golf Course, possibly one of the most well-maintained golf clubs in Australia mm. because the condition was incredible. Terry Vogel and his team, the ground staff, and we saw one of the Kaboris, Kazuma, 
take the title out. We commentated, obviously. Mm. Mark, we saw him and his sister play together on the Saturday because the men and women play together for the same purse, yep. one of these very unique events. But Kazuma won from Shannon Tan. Momoka finished third, uh, along with Aaron Wilkin and Andrew Martin. And i tell you what impressed me the most about mm. Kazuma. He played really old-school golf. Yeah. Very impressive. And that putting stroke, whew, yeah. Can That's I put a call out to our uh, listeners, mm. uh, the people who listen to this show? If you're in Victoria and you're down Rosebud Way, uh, can you just get there on Tuesday and walk straight up to Kazuma and say, I would like the caddy for you? Yes. Okay, oh. just walk straight up to him <laughs> and, and say, Mark Allen and Nico Hearn said that you need a caddy. I know that you've got $45,000 in the till. <laughs> And you don't have any excuses now, because I'm a nice person, I'll shut up and I'll keep up, mm. but I want to help your son. Well, I have a feeling some of the pro caddies might be lining up mm. to get his bag. That wouldn't be silly. Yeah, yeah. he's got a, a good future ahead of him. Rosebud would suit him too. And they can sniff out good players, those yeah. pro caddies, that's for sure. Rosebud's going to suit him down to the ground. Yeah. Uh, Asian Q School was taking place in Thailand, a big event for a lot of Australian mm. players and New Zealanders. We had a lot of our own playing on there. They had 35 cards up for grabs and six Aussies got their card. Justin Warren, Sam Brazel. Warren mm. finished third, actually. Yeah. It was a really good result. Maverick Antcliffe, Jordan mm. Zunick. Mm. Uh, it was awesome to see Jordan get it. Uh, and Harrison Crow and Lachlan Barker. Nick Voke, unfortunately, he lost in a playoff for the 35th uh, card. No. Yeah, it was a tough one. But also a shout-out to my uh, American buddy, Austin Truslow, he also got a card over there as well. I was helping him with his golf before I left to yeah, come okay. back down to Australia. I was keeping an eye on it because there's two kids from Kingston Heath mm. who I play with, uh, Andre Lorte and Max Charles. They both missed. Both missed. Yeah, I saw that unfortunately. So mm. tough, uh, tough week for him. We're going to catch up with Jordan actually this week to have a chat, see how uh, how it all panned out in the end. Mm. So he was, and he shot 74 first round, so it was a big comeback to get it. And lastly, we had the Australian Amateur, which I referenced earlier, a 72 hole. Stroke play event <laughs> at Yarra Yarra, won by Quinn Croker. Oh, wow. You know, we've been yeah, watching yeah, yeah. him on the uh, Australasian tour. He had a five-shot win over Yarra Yarra's uh, Phoenix Campbell. So, great win from yeah, Quinn really in, good. in the men's side. On the women's side... But hang on, that's, that's no surprise the way he's been no, playing, Croker. He's been crushing he's it. He's been just yeah. superb. And you watch him swing it and you yeah. understand why. I mean, he's yeah. you talk about being prepared and being looking like a pro. Yeah. Quinn Croker looks like a pro already. Would have been better if it was match play, but we're hey. not, not going to go there again. Yeah. But Japan's Mamika Shinchi, only 16 years old, she defeated Amelia Harris. But how did she end. do it, though? This oh. is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Listen to yeah. this. So Amelia Harris had a six shot lead going into the final round. Uh, Mamika Shinchi was eight under in her last 11 holes. Birdied eight of the last 11. To win, to win. two. Oh, Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah, how's that for an effort? You have so. done that? You guys ever done that? No, not, not finishing a flurry like that. I, I, there, was one, there was one time at Singa in the Singapore Open where I was cast and I was gone and I was about four over and the cup mm. was going to be even par and I birdied 14, 15, 16, 17 to get there mm. and I hit it eight feet on the last and I thought, I'm just going to cozy go straight downhill. And it plopped in. So the even par cut that I thought it was, was actually ended up being one under. So I beat the last oh, five to make a cut. How good. But that's nothing like, nothing like, no, not to win eight of the last 11 to win something. Yeah, to win a golf tournament. Yeah. I did the same thing in the, to cut it to uh, the Pebble Beach tournament. Oh, what'd you Monterey do? Peninsula. I think I was do? seven under my last 10 to make the cut. Make the cut on, on the, the number. number. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it was a tough one. So. They're, 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 they're not, when you do that, 
the, the shoulders go back. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. chest does come out yeah. when, when, when <laughs> It certainly does. But that is the Ping, a global result. Well done. Well done. Well, the masterclass, and this one's for Julie Hooker from Kuya Beach in Queensland. Time for this week's masterclass. And Julie, good on you. Thanks for bringing this up because mine was going to be really boring. The Phil Mickelson flop shot is what she's after by the sounds of it. Now, this is a really scary shot, Julie. Very, very scary. And most golfers who are no good at this shot, when they get forced to play it, they tighten up. They get so they grip the club tight and they get tight and they just don't want to make a mistake. That doesn't work. You have to be loose as a goose when you play a big high flop shot and you've got to have quite a long slow swing as well because what you're trying to do at the bottom is you're trying to throw the club past your hands and keeping it open all while hitting down on the golf ball now what i just said a second ago that's almost the most important bit you've got to hit down so the ball goes straight up it's really important the other bit is when you open the club face up when i was taught uh, there's a guy called uh, Eric Duffy right here at Huntingdale Golf Club. He was an old guy. He just used to go around help the juniors. He told me I had to open my club face up so I could put a glass of milk on the club. That's what he told That was his description. Yeah. So you had to open it up so you could just sit a glass of milk on the club and you wouldn't spill a drop at a dress. So you've got to do that. The club face has got to be way open. But long and loose, throw that club head under and make sure... The club is going down when you hit the ball, not up. Otherwise, you'll career it right across the green. Love it. Good on you, Jules. I look forward to seeing you do that off a nice tight lie. Yeah, well, I'm just over going, a bunker. I'm just going over there, and uh, as usual, it'll be just one take, Nick. Of course, <laughs> as, as usual. Well, thanks very much to Huntingdale Golf Club. It yep. has been wonderful to be here, Greg Smith and Alex uh, McGillgrave. Thanks to everybody, and all the best, Michael Cocking and OCM with this uh, masterful redo that we all know is going to happen. And we're going to chat to Mike on Thursday. Have we found him? Can we, can, can, have we made a call? I mean, he said he was going to be here. Yeah, I can be gone. He's walking around somewhere. Yeah. We'll get him on. We'll Fing- find him. Fingers crossed. I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see the finished product. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com.